In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Broads and Books listeners, we are going to be at the Des Moines Book Festival on March 28th. That's right. And not just there. We are going to do a live podcast on the main stage. Live and in person. In person. We are so excited to meet some of our listeners and share some new recommendations with you. Plus, this festival is going to be huge. It's hosting some big names, including Taylor Jenkins Reid. What? Chuck Klosterman. Come on. Tayari Jones. Yeah. And Laura Prescott. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so many of our faves. You can also be a part of the event by submitting a question that we might answer live on stage. You could be name-checked on stage. On stage. So if you need a good book recommendation or you're curious about us, you have a question, submit that to us at admin at broadsandbooks.com. And you can find that email as well on our website. Submit your question by March 26th for a chance to be featured at the event. Mark your calendars and get ready for a great time with the broads. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 54, Cult of Personality. So we have some exciting news. Yeah. So technically, last episode was like our one-year anniversary. It was our one year. It was. What do we... Wait, we didn't get each other a gift for our one year. That seems about right, doesn't it? (laughs) Fair enough. Yep, yep, yep. We we don't need to do that. I think... Is it like paper? Sure. Okay. We give each other paper all all the time. time. Yeah. You've given me lots of books. Oh, so many papers. And so many books. So So many books. Yeah. There we go. Handled. Yeah. So we thought... Um, that we were going to mix it up a little bit in our second year. Year two. And don't get afraid. We're not going that crazy. No, 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 no. no. We just came up with a new way that we're coming up with themes. You bet. That we think you're really going to like because mm-hmm. it's going to bring in a whole nother area. 
So what we're going to do is each week, one of us is going to pick a song. And then we're both going to pick recommendations that we think relate to that song. Which is great because we both love songs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We like the music. Sure do like some notes. (laughs) Put together in an arrangement. <laughs> so this week we uh, we're actually doing a listener suggested theme. Yes, um, one of our great listeners suggested cult classics. Yes. So knowing that we were going to do uh, uh, songs, I immediately thought of the song "Cult of Personality" by Living Color. She if sure you did. have not had the pleasure of hearing this song, which those of you who are significantly younger than us or older than us probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. It is a 1989 classic. The video is everything you could want and more. So it, I'm going to I'm going to include this in the show notes. You really need I will to, yeah. say that it is the song itself is great. It's rocking, it's wonderful. And then in the video you see these beautiful men in we had a, a long conversation about what to call this garment of clothes. Yeah. 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 Um, it's sort of like a, a unitard with legs. <laughs> <laughs> I argue that it's more like like a scuba outfit. Um, it's a jumpsuit. A jumpsuit, we if you will. A jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. It's neon green. It's neon green. Yeah. It's something. It's really something. If you, if you, we're gonna, like Amy said, we're going to link to it in the show notes. So if you check it out and you have a better way to describe that garment. Please let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Yes. We might even have to do a poll this week <laughs> on what... <laughs> That what is actually what be. is the word yes. for this? Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, the song is called "Cult of Personality," which in itself, this song is kind of a cult classic. So we're talking about cult classics this week. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, what do you think? How would you define a cult classic? I think to me, a cult classic is just something that is particularly beloved by a group of people. Yes, like as in, if you don't love it, you can like that's you're going to get excommunicated. <laughs> Like it's a big deal to it's a, a certain deal. group of people. Absolutely. So something yeah. I think sometimes cult classic kind of has that definition of like something underground or not as well known. Yes. But I don't necessarily I think, think that you're right. has to be the way it is. Because mm-hmm. there's so many movies that, for example, that were big movies, but they maybe didn't do as well as, you know, studio projections thought. Right. But they were still very popular. Yeah. But in certain people's minds, they're cult classics. Yeah. They're Same just, with books. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And I don't necessarily think they're not well known. They're just... Yep. A lot of times it can almost fall into a category where we have strong opinions on each side. but yes. Or, you know, sometimes it just comes down to personality, if you will. <laughs> some people like something, some people don't. I was going to give you a high five for a transition award, but we know how that went last mm. time. So we're not going to do that. No. Let's just no. keep looking at each other and not touching. How's that? That, <laughs> that sounds like how it should be. <laughs> Uh, I've never had yep. anyone put it to me so bluntly. <laughs> let's just look at each other. I like you, let's touch. just not touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's yeah, fair. Um, so, Amy, can you think of a time when you were younger that you liked something and then maybe realized there was another group of people that also liked it? You bet. And in fact, it relates to music. Like okay. When um, I, I may have told this story before, but when I was in eighth grade, I started going to this school for nerds, really. It was... <laughs> It was a school that you went half the day, and I, <laughs> Aaron is losing it. <laughs> it, it was. It just sounds like the 
the start of a movie. School for nerds. School for nerds. It was, uh, you know, kids all across Des Moines that had like received a certain score on the ITBS. And so we were all identified as like, you know, whatever. So it was nerds. a smarty pants school. It was a smarty was pants a school. school. Smarty it, pants. it was nerdy too, okay. let's be honest. Yeah. So I went there half a day from eighth grade to 12th grade and took, you know, advanced classes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. However, one of the main side effects was meeting other nerds around the community yeah. and finding that they loved music as much as I did. Oh. So we passed around a lot of cassette tapes. Yeah, you of- did. <laughs> A very and some of it it wasn't even like current stuff. It was you know like sixties and seventies stuff. Oh yeah, and so I really felt like oh people understand me, they get me because they like you know Janis Joplin and they like Jimi Hendrix right, and right. all that. Which you know it's not that mind blowing now, mm-hmm. but I'm a kid. I'm discovering this stuff and I'm realizing other kids like it too, and it's great. Mm-hmm. I did, however, find there was a limit in that I loved. Tommy by The Who, which I've talked oh, about right. before. Yes, yes. And that's a real weird one. That could have easily qualified for cult classic. But um, I, I didn't really find anyone else that liked it. Oh. So that was just me just being yeah. a, an alone nerd loving you're, you're your own Tommy. Cult. <laughs> <laughs> which is how classic. it should be. Yeah. I should just be my own cult. Yeah. But welcome some people who are going to listen to me. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the great things about this new idea is that you and I, it's going to really illustrate some more differences. Oh boy, it really is. our tastes in music are, again, They're like different. books. Yeah. They overlap in some yes. areas. There's like a Venn areas. diagram where yes. Lizzo is in the center oh, and then the, big, the rest of the circle, very, very different. Yes. Very different. Very different. A question for you, Erin, yeah. thinking about cult classics. Is mm-hmm. there anything that's a cult classic that you just can't understand? Yes. I want to make sure that there's no objects around here <laughs> that you can throw before I say this. Are you going to go against David Bowie? Oh, my God. No. Good. Jeez. Oh, there's no one break up murder live on, <laughs> on air. Come on. No, I don't. There's this is a, and this is why why I said the definition about cult classic because I think you either fall in the group that loves this or you just don't get it. I'm getting nervous about what this is. It's Star Wars. Ah! I know. I know. It's so personal to you. You love it. I know so many people that do, including people in my own family, my own kids. There are people. I And I just, I don't get it. Have your kids disowned you yet? No. That should. Not yeah. just for that. I mean, let's be honest, but I, I just, I don't get it. You just it. don't get it. I've tried. Yeah. I really have. Do you think it's, did you watch it when you were a kid? No. And maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I think that's the problem. Because objectively, that, if I look at some of these movies, they're not that great, but I loved them so much yes, as a kid. Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. that I can understand understand because yeah. there's movies like that that i watched when i was younger that now i'm like ooh, but mm-hmm. they're they were wonderful and they'll yeah. always have that place for me yeah and it's just something i feel like you are just there's just two camps i think you're right because if you said that to someone else you you might get punched in the face yeah so no be i am yeah don't, don't yeah. spread that around yeah. listen if you feel like you're gonna send me hate mail about the star wars <laughs> thing i get it you feel strongly you love it you should revel in that love i just you're not gonna convince no, me no no and that's I'm sorry okay. yeah and also if i were gonna be convinced do you know the time commitment at this point it's a lot of time I mean, you're going to have to I'm catch way up a behind. lot. And I'm going to have to tell you like everything you're going to need to know in the order in which to watch things. It's going to be exhausting. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. This, in fact, came up recently it when did. you were around, yes. Mike. And he said, I've watched at this point. And then the people in the room that were big fans of Star Wars were like, no, 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 no. You're doing it all yes. wrong. Yes. And I, I saw th- yep. I just got overwhelmed and I, <laughs> I just zoned out. I was like, I can't. You're like, I got to get out of this conversation. Yeah. So the numbers don't mean anything, but I still need to know what yep. order these movies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't and, make a lot of hey, sense. You people love it. That's great. I give it, You should. I mean, 
Are you trying to walk back here? No, I'm not. I can't. Okay. I mean, I'll give you Adam Driver. I mean, that you did right. <laughs> so there you go. Baby Yoda. Not, but I don't think that's in the movies, no, right? No, it's that's not. That's just in a weird I, show. I refuse that. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I just mm-hmm. think it's funny because he keeps showing up in memes. <laughs> but... <laughs> And we have talked about how much we love Adam Driver. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Mm-hmm. I did love the SNL sketch of Adam Driver oh, as Kylo Ren as an undercover wonderful. boss. Did you understand any of it, though? Yeah. I mean, I get the okay. gist. Okay. I don't know that it's like, you know, too it's not highbrow. No, no, no. You no, can't understand not. when someone's no. like blowing someone up with yes. a laser. But yes. Yeah. With their, oh, dear Lord. Okay. Is it not a laser? It's not a laser. No, no, no. Oh, my God. ever a time that amy questioned everything we're doing it was you guys just witnessed it it was the last 10 seconds she was like what oh, what God. would you call it it's a lightsaber oh a lightsaber yeah yeah okay with his lightsaber my bad okay we gotta move on right yeah, now do. sorry ask me so, another so, question sorry, sorry um so can you think of a time that you thought you were on point with a trend but you were way off i sure can mm-hmm. um this uh, has seared itself into my brain so in the late 1980s, at some point, I don't remember when this was a trend. I don't think it was. I thought it was, though. I really wanted these white boots with fringe on the side. Okay. Do you ever remember a time in which this would have been cool? I don't know if there was a <laughs> pop, if there was like a pop star that was wearing these. I have no idea. Somehow, mm-hmm. I got it in my brain that this was going to be it. Like, yeah. If I got those boots, I was going to be cool yeah. AF. I got the boots. Oh, boy. I put them on and I felt so fucking fine. I felt good. Oh, I felt amazing. Good as hell? Yes. Okay. Then I walked into a building in which with my family and there were glass doors and I caught a reflection of myself. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. I love that it was you seeing yourself. It wasn't someone else. No, no, it was me seeing myself in the glass doors. Like, oh, no. I have miscalculated. (laughs) This is terrible. The fringe is like flying around my legs. And oh, God. Oh, God. And it was right at the start of wherever this was. And I was like, I just want to take everything off. I just want to go home. Yeah. I couldn't go home. No. I never wore those boots again. Never again. (laughs) Oh, man. I think great. some of it was I didn't have a great self-esteem at the time, so I imagine just seeing myself you, in the in a little yeah. bit of risque, not risque. <laughs> no, <laughs> what, what word am I trying to think? You oh. Like a trendy thing. A trendy it always thing. Feels like you need an amount of confidence yes. to pull off a trend. And I did not have it. Yeah, I can yeah. get there. Yeah. So oh. that was my boots story. Wow. <laughs> I mean. I just <laughs> it went into a place I didn't expect. It's just no, you seeing no. the image and being like, "Oh no!" And also, I don't know why in the world I would have thought that boots with fringe were something about me. Like somehow that yeah, related that to is, me. Yeah, it's not in any way. No, I don't know. I've made poor mistakes, as we've said. Those sorority years, like everything, there's been some. Well, there's been some miscalculations yeah. for sure. But it's all on the path to learning. Yes. Yeah. What about you? Can you think of time? Yeah. 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 Um, so when I first went away to college, I thought like that I had a good understanding of like fashion, which in and of itself was misguided mm-mm, mm-mm. because I, I went to a private high school, sure so did. I wore a uniform. Mm-hmm. So to even think that I understood was off, off. I was off. I've never thought about that before, that even just the act of going to college and then suddenly having to dress yourself every day. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Because I wore khakis on the first day of college. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. To my uh-huh. first lecture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure did. And I sat down and I got out my notebook and I looked next to me and there was a lady wearing Tweety Bird pajama pants. Uh-huh. Eating cereal right out of a box. <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh, okay. oh, I took the, I look like I should be going to work at Eddie Bauer right now, <laughs> not in a college lecture. But also, so, let's say the Tweety Bird pajamas, bad move. Yeah, yeah, that was an too. extreme. But yeah. then it, it, that extreme forced me to look around and I was like, wow, there is no one else in khakis. Wow. Like there's not another pair. Nope. The professor had on a tweed jacket. Mm-hmm. He also didn't have khakis on, though. Mm. He had on jeans. Oh, boy. And I was like, I overdressed for a college lecture on my first day. But you know what sucks about that in my memory, too, is that's all you can think of. No one is looking at oh, you. Oh, no. Like, yeah, no, no one, one cares. No. And it was yeah. it was like a three... I mean, it was the biggest sure. thing. I've, it was bigger than my entire high school, yeah. the number of people in that. you know. And I was like right in the middle. I just blended in. But mm-hmm. I remember thinking, well, great. Now I have to try and get home in between <laughs> classes because I can't go to my next class like this. So... Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Was the rest of your wardrobe all khaki pants too? Like, had you miscalculated that badly? I mean, I I had some jeans because like we had jeans days where you could like raise money for a charity and you got to wear jeans by giving a dollar. Yeah. I thought I was going to kill it. And it was right away evident to me that I miscalculated. Yeah. Yeah. Misfire, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) I've never thought about that, about people like having to wear uniforms and then suddenly you go out into the real world and Mm -hmm. I'm putting that in quotes Mm -hmm. and like, how do you even start? And I wore a uniform my whole school career, elementary everywhere. So yeah, it never occurred to me to like not wear khaki pants to class and be prepared for learning. See, my high school is very different where I had routine situations like those white boots again and again and again, (laughs) where I thought, oh, this is awesome. Everyone's wearing this and then i look in like the bathroom mirrors like oh god what happened what did i do what did i do huh come on yeah yeah real bad yeah that's too bad well guess what these cult classics that we're talking about are not misfires no 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 no. No. they're great (laughs) so my fiction pick tell me is called if on a winter's night a traveler by italo calvino wow from 1979 there's an English translation from 1982. Okay. Um, and by the way, I think I've mentioned a lot of books already. I think we probably both have that could be cult classics. Yes, absolutely. Like I think uh, the book I mentioned in episode two, I Love Dick. I think that's a cult classic. Yep. I think The Master and Margarita. I, I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah. I think The Bell Jar. Bell I think jar, there's yes. so many yeah. that we've talked about already. Mm-hmm. This one uh, maybe flies up under the radar even more. Mm. So this is one of those rare books that uses a you, you know, to talk to the reader, and it works well. You know, I think we've talked about that when you actually brought up the book, You, Mm -hmm. that it's a real gamble to do that, and sometimes it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. This one, it works, and in Mm -hmm. fact, that is sort of the whole point of the book, too. So the book starts with you, the reader, as you buy a new book, which is called If on a Winter's Night, A Traveler by Italo Calvino. Okay. So you, the reader, you're super psyched, you're getting into the story, and Calvino writes that story but after a short amount of pages maybe 30 or so the story breaks off and you the reader have discovered that your copy is corrupted you just get the first few pages over and over throughout the book so you're like oh shit well what happened i was getting really into this book so you return to the bookshop and you find out the volume you you were reading is not actually that book that you thought you were reading it's another book and it's by a polish writer so you have to decide, do you want to go to the Italo Calvino book or do you want to read this other book by a Polish writer? So you go to that book. Yeah. So you pick that book and the same thing happens. You start reading and it's another story oh my and it gosh. breaks off. 
So this happens again and again, but it's not just happening to you. There's another reader named Ludmilla, and soon you and her are pulled into an adventure where you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on with these books. So the book is a bunch of different stories interspersed with the reader, the you, um, trying to figure out what the hell is happening and growing closer to the other reader at the same time. I love the book because of that concept. I think it's so great. Yeah. It's real weird. And it is so unique in its structure and the fact that there are sort of 10 of these stories interspersed with the you and the other reader. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I love it because it's just about reading. It's about how you can fall into a book and you're willing to go wherever that book takes you. You know, Um, I think it's about our love of literature. I think it's sort of challenging that idea that – like why we commit to books, why we love it so much, why it speaks to us in such a way, mm-hmm. um, how reading can sometimes be frustrating too, because it's not happening the way you want it to. Right. So, you know, there's all these other stories, but I think that's the main story that I really like from it. I think it's all about like, you know, our increasingly like unrealistic to be read piles too, yeah. because there's a part in the book where he is describing, he goes into a bookstore and he's sort of uh, like, seeing, okay, this shelf is books that um, I were made for purposes other than reading. And this book is, or this shelf is books read even before you open them. And, and this shelf uh, is like books that I need to read. And this yeah. shelf is books that I should read. And so it's everything we've sort of talked about, yes. too, the whole idea of reading. Yeah. I think um, this book, because it's um, written by an Italian author, because it's you know a little less well-known, it's become a cult classic over time sure. and because of the way that it's done. So I really enjoy it. Well, it reminds me of two things. What? First, you showed me the book and yes. the pages, the type font. That yes. is cult classic. Don't you think? It is. It's You're like right. That, there's, okay. The, t- the font is that when you get an old book, like yes. at a half price bookstore yes. or garage sale or Goodwill or something, and it's got that old style library font in mm-hmm. it and the pages look a y- little yellow. That just screams cult classic yeah, to me. You're right. It's like you found this Good book. Call. Mm-hmm. The other thing that it reminds me of that I kept thinking of this week with cult classics was choose your own adventure books. Yes. Did you ever <gasps> read those? Oh my gosh. Yes. I loved them. I loved them too. And at the same time, they would make me anxious. So anxious. Yes. Yeah. And for those of you who may not remember, choose your adventure. You start a story and then it says, if you make this decision, go to page 72. And if you make this other one, go to page 33. So you can end up reading all these sorts of different stories that I would get anxious because I'd want to just read them all. Yeah. I want to know what's the right story. I tried to find to um, when Evan was kind of at the appropriate age for it. I tried to find those for him. Like mm-hmm. I figured, oh, they modernized yeah. them, which they hadn't. Really? So I found a bunch of old ones from like thrift stores and stuff. And yes. yeah, I was like, this is. Did he like them? Uh, yeah, he That's, loved it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, just a, a cool thing. Yeah. Especially, I think when you're a kid and you're mm-hmm. realizing like literature can be for you and you can make yes. up. St- yeah, yeah. I loved that. Yeah, so very cool. good, very good. Well, uh, the fiction pick that I brought for cult classics. Um, is to me a cult classic because I read a lot of mystery thriller. Yeah. That, like almost I think sometimes genres can become cult classics in yes, a way. I think you're right. Because people may, there's people that like only read that mm-hmm. or are very particular about the way that they take those. And really, really well written, I feel like mysteries or thrillers now are becoming almost increasingly rare. Yeah. And when you find one, mm-hmm. I mean, with a select group of people, those books are devoured. Like it, that word travels fast because they're 
when they're done well, they're just gripping. And so this is actually a whole series. Ooh. And I will tell you that I spent a good portion of my prep time for this week making sure I hadn't mentioned this before because I cannot believe that we got to episode 54 and I had not ever recommended these. Ooh. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So uh-huh. much so that I, I, mean, I almost had to listen to every episode. We, we've actually done this a, a lot where mm-hmm. we keep meticulous records on what we have done and what we've talked about. Yes. But there's so many times you and I will have a conversation. So we think, oh, we have had to talk about this. We've had yeah. to talk. And yeah. yeah. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. Yeah. So there, it's called the Dublin Murder Squad series by Tana French. Ooh. And the first book uh, was published in 2007 called In the Woods. Now you might, I believe, I, is it? I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon. I'm not going to get that right off the top of my head, but they just did like a limited series called the Dublin Murder Squad that's that's based on these characters. But what she does is like you get to know characters in one story and then in the next book, one of those characters will be like the main character Mm -hmm. and the other ones will fade away and it keeps progressing. So it's a new story, um, but some of the people are revolving. So like I said, the first book in the woods was published in 2007 and I I found this book, by the way, I really enjoyed it. I didn't stay with the series, but yeah. Oh, so good. And actually, I mean, some of the other ones are even are more favorites of mine Mm -hmm. than even that first one, but I stumbled upon it randomly at target, a random story. I had gone um, home and or to my parents' home, and I had forgotten the bag that I had my books in, and so Mike and I were just like devastating. I know. So we just went to Target for some other stuff, and then I was just kind of looking, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting," and I bought it, and I devoured it. Wow. It was so good. So the first book, um, you're introduced to Ryan, who is 12 years old, and he heads into a forested area to play with some friends, and. After a while, no one comes back, and Ryan is found with his back pressed against a tree and his shoes filled with blood, and his two friends are never found. So then you fast forward, and Ryan is now a detective on the Dublin Murder Squad and is basically intent on keeping his identity a secret. So no one knows that he's that kid. He's kind Mm -hmm. of switched around his name. Um, And he and his partner, who also happens to be his closest friend, Cassie Maddox, start investigating a case that is all of a sudden way too similar. like, oh, And it's no. forcing him into this position that in order to solve the case and confront things with his past, he needs to be up front. So um, that moves forward. In the next book, you get to know other characters and other characters. It's just, and they're great. The stories themselves are amazing. And that's why I picked it for Cult Classic because I think when you do this so well, I mean, like for me, I'm a fan for life, whatever she writes. And she's... Um, there are six books in this series, and she's written a couple standalone novels, mm-hmm. too. So um, Washington Post called her the most interesting, most important crime novelist to emerge in the past 10 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite quotes from In the Woods, I had learned early to assume something dark and lethal was hidden at the heart of anything I loved. When I couldn't find it, I responded, bewildered and wary, in the only way I knew how, by planting it there myself. Ooh. Oh, I got goosebumps. Good Lord. Yeah, it's so great. So I think that um, police procedural sometimes or that mystery thriller. They can be very procedural. Yes. They can be very like, yeah. Yeah. But when they're done, well, mm-hmm. they're irresistible. I like too that you mentioned series because I think that's where a lot of cult classics can yes. start too is if you're willing to, you know, follow that author in, through mm-hmm. multiple books, you can become like it can become a cult classic and mm-hmm. you can, you know. 
exhibit the syndrome of you know being in love with a cult classic yes Mm -hmm. i have recommended this book in the woods to quite a few people who have come to me and said you know i was an avid reader like when i was younger and i just haven't found something that keeps my attention now great and i'm like if you can handle you know a little bit of mystery and Mm -hmm. thriller these are great because it'll grip you in and i think it kind of gets over that stigma of you know it's written in it's dublin it's not united states Mm -hmm. so you can kind of get over some of that a little bit mm-hmm. um, that can scare readers off from great things. So oh, I love that series, and I that's cannot so believe cool. I haven't talked about it before. Yeah, but it's great. Mm-hmm. Also, that's really cool. That I, I love when we can find books that can you know appeal to readers and not yes. regular readers yeah. alike. You yeah. know, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Also, when I was researching, I found out that she so, now there's a box set of all these six together. Oh, yeah, and you have like, to get that now. Dang it. Yeah. yeah, I have to buy that. Do you have all of the books separately? I think I do. Yeah, but now you need the box set. Now I need the box. Yeah, because when you oh, when you publish it as a box set. They were doing that with DVDs for a while too, yes. before like streaming really hit its you know yeah, yeah. speed. But um, yeah, where I would have I would collect like all the Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh-huh. DVD sets by season, and then it would come out with some deluxe box set. I'm like, well, god damn it! Yeah, what did I now do? I have to buy this. Come on. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, for other genre pick, mm-hmm. I actually chose a nonfiction book that's all about cult classics so the book is called best movie year ever how 1999 blew up the big screen did you read this yes i bought it like oh my god two months ago and i just read it brian rafferty 2019 yes i'm so glad you read it yeah Yeah. isn't it so cool it is so okay so we probably all remember 1999 you know there was y2k there was terrible fashion as we've talked about there was college for us um but also there were some really incredible movies that and i think this is the point of the book is that so many movies that year really changed movies forever Mm -hmm. changed the future of movies Mm -hmm. um some of them became huge hits some of them became ultimate cult classics right. and that's what i really liked about this book so some of the movies they cover are like fight club the matrix office space that's a huge cult classic yeah the right? blair witch project the Ooh. sixth sense being john malkovich wow. boys don't cry magnolia i mean so many freaking good yeah. movies that year yeah so this book brings them all together and shows kind of how on trend you know how we're incredible and revolutionary that year was all these small and big films taking risks which i think is kind mm-hmm. of the theme that all of them sort of you know they, they saw what had been done before and they're like let's do things a little bit differently yeah let's go for, for this. sure um i think the book talks about these movies and, and more not just the ones i mentioned there's interviews with the stars of the movies there's interviews with the writers and directors it talks about all the things the movies did that made them so unique mm-hmm. um and it does talk about massive hits too like the star wars prequel that probably mike thought was the first movie to watch and it was not the first <laughs> movie to watch it was shit so it does talk about those as well. Yeah. Ignore that. Just ignore that chapter. It's fine. Okay. I allow fine. you to. Okay. Yeah. But what I really enjoyed was the dives into some of the smaller movies. You yes. Know, that became absolutely. Cool and it made me think about that year and all of my crazy moving going experiences seeing them that year. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing Fight Club with my mom and one of my brothers, John, and for like the, we went to dinner afterwards and the whole dinner we're like, what in the, how trying to dissect the movie. It was yeah. so great. The Matrix, I saw that three times in the theaters with my brothers. Um, Magnolia, I think oh. that's that in Boogie Nights was when I really got into Paul Thomas Anderson. Like he just creates these amazing, yes, so rich movies. And Office Space, I watched that so many times as I started entering the work world afterwards mm-hmm. and realizing, oh yeah, this is this is life. This, this is, is it. Yeah. 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 
being John Malkovich. Just so much WTF throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Did you oh, see that one? Yeah. 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 And it also showed how you could just be really, really weird and get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've taken some of that spirit into my own writing sometimes, too. So this was a big year, not just for movies, I think, but yeah, for really for all yeah, art. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so great book, great list of movies to watch. What would you add, Erin, from reading that book? I, you nailed all of it. I remember yeah. thinking when I read it that I don't remember seeing all of those movies mm-hmm. when they came out. Yeah. But I, I've seen them all, but yes. I remember Not seeing them later mm-hmm. or recognizing that. And I mean, to, I'm Office Space. I mean, as a yes. cult classic. You can't find one, memes from any other yes. movies more often than Office Space. And that one may be a traditional cult classic, and it didn't do very well at all no. in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And then it went on to, like, you know, mm-hmm. movie and DVD fame afterwards. And to me, that's one of those, when you talk about cult classics that, um, like you said, you don't really get until you get it. Yes. If that makes sense. You yes, don't you don't. Until, you, until know. you know. And then you're like, oh. Because I bet if I had watched this before I was in the work world, I'd be like, okay, that's funny. I don't really yeah, get a like, lot of it. And then the minute you're in yeah. corporate America, you're like, I, I get, get this. Yes. I want to beat up the fax machine too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Great pick. Thank you. That's another time we read something uh, we didn't even know we did it. Yes. Together. It had a great cover, too. It was like all yes. the like characters from some cover. of those. Yeah. I bought it. So, oh, um, good, yeah. good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like I admit too many things I buy on there. <laughs> Keep it locked down. All right. So for my uh, other uh, genre pick, um, I picked this one before I say it because I feel like this hits cult classic on a couple different levels. And I feel like it relates to the song. I picked Kitchen Confidential, Adventures in the Culinary Underbelly by Anthony Bourdain. Oh, boy. And this was published in 2007. Um, I think that um, the chef culinary industry has had kind of like moments, you know, top Mm -hmm. chef. There's a lot of those competition shows and then it gets serious again. And but ultimately, I really feel like this book is a cult classic because it's not just about making you love the industry or mm-hmm. telling you everything good about it. It's like telling, it's just raw. It's honest. It's his coming up in the culinary industry. It's his life. Um, it's his, uh, issues with, you know, drugs. Um, so it's really, it's one of those just like really in your face, basically autobiography, memoir, whatever you want to call it. And I think that it, that's a cult classic because I think taking that step and being a celebrity, that wasn't that wasn't cool yet. Like that wasn't a thing that you did. Yeah. And he put it out there and didn't care. And Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of Anthony Bourdain's whole, you know, personality was kind of that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I picked it for that because of the person that he was also because he started out writing novels and didn't write Kitchen Confidential until after he started. I didn't know that. Yeah, he has a like two detective novels that oh came out before. Yeah. So it's very well written because he understands. I mean, he has a good background of writing. So and it's he's really trying to tell a story and not mm-hmm. just it just so happens to also be about rest, you know, his time in restaurants. Um, I actually read this after his suicide. Really? Yeah. And so I think for me, it even had even more of this kind of sure. gripping element to yeah. it where you're, you know, he's kind of trying to explain away some of his behaviors or maybe act aloof about certain things. Um, Obviously, you know, I think a lot of people love this book, but I think it appeals to a really direct group of people that just really enjoy that honest, raw writing. And for me, when when you picked the song um, Cult of Personality, there's a line in that song that says, a leader speaks, that leader dies. Mm-hmm. I exploit you, still you love me. And to me, that is kind of the definition of Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. You know, like he was everything to so many people. Um, 
But being everyone to so many people kind of takes that out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have anything left, or maybe you're not doing the self care that you need to because you're so concerned with filling this role for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think that about like his show, Parts Unknown, was a cult classic. I mean, people that know him or followed his career love him. I think it's a good pick because, yeah, I, I felt like when he did die, there was this massive outpouring of grief uh-huh. that I personally didn't quite understand because I'd never really read anything by him. I'd never watched his shows. Mm-hmm. But he seems like sort of the definition of like when you get it, you get it. And yeah. when you love something and someone, you you do. And I think for him, for me, for him, I don't think if I had read this book earlier, I would have understood it, but I watched his show a lot and Mm -hmm. I liked it because he is so, it's so interesting the way that he attacked some of those things and went in and yeah, it's based on food, but he's going to these parts and he's having chefs explain things to him and why they do things the way they do. And he's willing to try anything and he just immerses himself in the culture. And I think that's such a good lesson, It is, especially for, um, someone that generally tends to be in the majority in Mm -hmm. terms of an ethnicity Mm -hmm. or race to see someone just say, you can just learn. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need to, it doesn't need to be some big production. And he did that so expertly and showed so many other things that were so interesting. And it made you want to visit those places and learn more about those places and really look at his, that food and enjoy it. And he ate the weirdest things and never said a word. And it was just, it was amazing. That's so cool that he used his platform to sort of open up the world to he a did. lot of people. He yeah. did. But mm-hmm. that was also like a cult classic show. Yeah. There's people that didn't enjoy that or didn't think that that, you know, held value. Wow. But it really did. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. I really, I really liked it. So, hmm. Well, thinking about cult classic shows, actually, for pop culture, I picked a show. And I felt like I had so many options here, right? right? And so many of the things that I love have kind of been defined as cult classics, like Mm -hmm. Twin Peaks. That's a major one. Mm -hmm. Um, Battlestar Galactica, Orphan Black, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I feel like you are the walking embodiment of cult classic. (laughs) Like the movies, TV shows, but like you, I feel like you could be the person deciding what a cult classic is. I'll definitely take that. You could have an internet army and be like, look, this one's good. (sighs) Take it. And my internet army would be way better than Bernie Sanders or Trump's internet army. Well, yeah. Bernie bros. Yeah. Come gross on. come on gross they're not they're clearly not doing quality reading <laughs> or you would know better yes check you know yourself. what you're right there's check so many yourself. times there's so many times i think about like internet trolls and stuff i'm like you're not reading enough you need to know more empathy you need to learn yes. how to care about people and just how to spell <laughs> just spell if you're gonna threaten people at least run it through a proofreader Come on. Check your insults. Come on. There's one way to have me not take you seriously in a death threat situation. Yes. It's spelled death wrong. <laughs> okay. Get it together. This is a good point for whenever we issue death threats to whoever we're issuing yeah. them to. Yeah. People who deserve it, for sure. Obviously. Yeah. I've never, and I've never written one down because that's your no. first mistake. Exactly. Writing it down? Yeah. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> Watch a procedural. <laughs> Watch some freaking Dateline. You Jesus. You need to leave evidence. God. Hi, Minutely. Anyway, wow. I'm so yeah. sorry. Wow, we went, took a turn yeah, there. Yeah. I really just took none over of, your yep, and, and none of that relates to the show. I'll just be oh, honest. Well, but right. here's a good one. Mm-hmm. So it's a lesser known cult mm-hmm. classic that is n- available on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's a very short binge. It's okay. called Party Down. Huh. Have you ever seen this show? No, oh I've never God, even heard of it. love this show. Really? Okay. Yes. It ran from 2009 to 2010. Just two seasons. Ooh, right. Ten episodes, about a half hour each. Okay. This had... Adam Scott. Oh, 
I love Adam Scott so much. Yes. Lizzie Kaplan, Martin Starr, Ken Marino, Jane Lynch. It was created by Rob Thomas, the guy that did Veronica Mars. Yeah. And Paul Rudd. Yeah. What? So you see a ton of guest stars from Veronica Mars from like previous movie. You know a ton of these people on this show. Okay. So the show revolves around this group of cater waiters in LA. All of them. (laughs) Yep. All of them want some sort of Hollywood success, whether it's films, comedy, whatever. But it's not happening for them. Mm -hmm. And the grind of working these catering gigs with Hollywood assholes is driving them insane. That is. And picture their outfit, okay? It's black slacks, Mm -hmm. white shirt, pink bow tie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Henry is the main character, played by Adam Scott. Again, I love me some Adam Scott. He's terrific. This is glorious. This was pre-Parks and Rec days. That's still so good. He So his character was in a successful commercial with a catchphrase, and now everyone, when they see him, they always demand it. That was his only acting success. So he's sort of said, okay, I'm done with acting. I'm just going to commit to being a waiter. Sure. Just giving (laughs) up. Giving up. Then there's Casey, who is the other main character, played by Lizzie Kaplan. Um, She's a comedian. She's fighting. like She's not getting her Comedy Central thing. She's not getting any of this. These two develop a truly hot relationship. Mm. I'll just say right now. Um, One threatened mostly by their own sense of failure. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. Surrounding them are the best ensemble cast really ever. It's the dumb blonde guy who's been in a lot of family sitcoms is like auditioning for Palisades, which is like the OC, Uh, you know, like there's a failed D-lister, Jane Lynch, who her main stories are playing like hookers in, you know, (laughs) in like Gene Hackman movies from the 70s and having a lot of sex and cocaine. There's a recovering alcoholic and terrible boss, Ken Marino. He's just trying so hard, and he really wants to get his franchise of soup or crackers off the ground. Why is it soup or crackers? I don't know. I want crackers I with don't. my soup. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so each episode revolves around a ridiculous party. Okay. okay. There's a Sweet 16 celebration on a boat. There's a suburban orgy. Oh. Um, there's a mingle for senior citizens, singles. Get it. Called Seniorlicious. <laughs> oh god oh there's an investor meeting that goes terribly awry so the whole like setup of this is just genius right and and the the idea that none of them should be on their phones during this party all of them should be working none of them are doing it right it's yeah. so wonderful so it's very funny it's very bleak too but it's really really hilarious um, I think it's become a cult classic because it was a show on stars before stars really had Outlander and some of its bigger shows, yeah, you know? Yeah. So no one really watched it. And no one in the cast was really a big star, you know? Yeah. Um, but since then, I mean, every single member has gone on to incredible stuff. Right. And Adam Scott. And also, Adam again, Scott. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Who is a cult classic. He is a cult classic. And it, again, if you don't like Adam Scott, I got nothing to say to you. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I think you would particularly oh, okay. like this. It's got real weird humor. Um, yes. It's, you know, it's I love just weird humor. Yes. It's delightful. I think Mike would like it too. Okay. Yeah. I'm all in. Great. Um, all right. Well, I picked a documentary for my cult classic and for a couple of reasons. One, I think that this one has the makings of being a cult classic. And two, I think that because I talked about the kind of procedural mystery thriller mm-hmm. thing at the beginning part, it related to for this for me as well and three because there's an internet element which to me is sort of 
a lot where a lot of cult classics are born yeah. now is like this kind of we need need to find people and you know we're reaching out on the internet and you got facebook groups and things like that for these things mm-hmm. so um this documentary is called don't fuck with cats <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it's on netflix four episodes first off let's just honor that title it's it's amazing really yeah it's if amazing. podcast were still around she'd be really happy with that she would be yeah. yeah because which i didn't understand okay so the documentary starts out and it explains that we all know that the internet can be dark and weird twisty things can happen but they're interviewing some people that are big parts of like internet chat rooms and groups and they said that there's an unwritten rule on the internet called rule zero which is don't fuck with cats. What? Yeah. And basically, it's this idea that if you think that it's okay to do any kind of animal cruelty, oh, abuse, anything yeah. like that, yeah. it's over. Okay? This is the one you told me I can't watch. Yeah. Okay. And and I might back that up a little bit, okay. but I'll explain why. Yeah. So um, essentially, what happens is that they're following this story. Someone posts a video, and you may know this story because it was all over the news. Um, this Canadian by the name of Luca Magnata... Uh, posted a video of himself um, killing two kittens. Oh, yep. And it's the whole. They don't show the whole thing in the in the okay. documentary, okay. but the the whole video was posted online. Why, so obviously, why would you post that? First off, I mean, right. why kill him? First off, but yeah, then second, yeah, what yeah. the hell? So we're dealing with a like high level real. narcissist, real crazy. So he yeah. posts this, people lose their minds, oh right? God. And they want to figure out who this guy is because the way he did the video, you can't really ever see his face, mm-hmm. and it's done in a room that's really nondescript. Like you get the idea, like it's a motel or something that they're going to move on. So this group of people comes together in an internet group that basically wants to use their sleuthing skills and find this guy. So they're like going frame by frame and being like, okay, that poster, where can you get that poster? Or this pack of cigarettes on the bed, where's that from? Okay, well, it has a surgeon's warning, so he had to buy oh him in the God. US. So he's not here. He's not there. Like, okay, well, in the meantime, what you're finding out is that this guy is liking this attention <sighs> of these people. So he's upping the ante and posting other videos. And so this internet group is starting to freak out and be like, okay, this isn't, I mean, we already knew he was crazy, sicko, but like, this is progressing. Yeah. He's going to go somewhere else Yeah, that's the first step of a killer. Serial killer. Yep. And lo and behold, he does. Oh my God. He posts a video of himself (gasps) murdering a human being. What? Yeah. Of uh, Lynn June is the um, victim's name. Um, He was in... I wasn't in, he's from Canada. I, was he in Japan? I don't remember exactly where he was when okay. he murdered him. Yeah. But he mailed the body parts to the government in that what? country. Yeah. And then all that was found of this guy was a torso. Oh, and he posted okay. the video. So that's what the police had to use to watch. And so then this internet group was like, hey, we've been tracking this guy. We found all this other videos, things that he's posted on the internet. This is all the information we know about him. Like they basically gave the police a leg up oh my on God. some of the information and some of the things that they thought that they learned about him. So the documentary takes you all the way through that. It brings up some questions of... Um, identity it brings up questions of like what role did these internet people play in like pushing along the kind of the narcissism of this guy because they're unfortunately by like being so outraged they were kind of giving him an audience yeah so they all kind of struggle with that they talk about that there's a lot of um interesting things about how they caught him because it was a it was an international i mean he eluded police for a long time because he had other identities and he was able to move through countries and it's you it it's mind-blowing 
A, the sleuthing that this group of people did on the internet through Facebook will blow your mind. And it'll make you think you should probably go live in a cabin off the grid. <laughs> and secondly, just him. I, it is, wow, it's crazy. So I had originally told Amy she shouldn't watch this because yes. they, there is, he, there's three different videos of of things that he's done to animals yeah. and they don't show okay. the whole video okay but they show the beginning of it okay. and uh, that was enough for me because you oh. see the kittens alive and yeah. you know what's gonna happen oh, so i i turned away even during that part okay until i knew that part was over yeah um and i i, I can't take away the fact how horrible that is to watch and how hard it is because it yeah. is it's yeah. bad but the bigger purpose and the bigger thing that we're seeing like that's there. not the main focus yeah of okay. i think it's yeah. kind of a payoff but okay. i could see how for some people it would be a trigger and it would be too much for sure but knowing that maybe there are those scenes going in that you can maybe turn away yeah. or turn the volume down or whatever and then yeah. stick through it because there will be yeah some justice and it was very interesting to see how strong of a reaction he got from so many people oh in all God. the different areas this went and the interviews that were done and the people you know it's it's fascinating. Wow. If you like true crime documentaries, if you like um, just stories about people, I mean, it you is. You said this is Netflix, right? Yes, yeah. Netflix. And it's oh, four gosh. episodes, so it's really. Oh, and it's, okay. Yep. There's, and if you like stories with resolution, like you don't want to watch a yeah. whole thing and then find out they still don't know where the yeah. body is, don't worry. You oh, get good. resolution. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, first off, terrific title. I know. There's I a part on everything. I want you to watch it just because. At the end, there's this twist that I still, I'm like, what is happening? Wow. What is okay. happening? Okay. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to upset you, though. So then I feel weird. Like, as a friend, <laughs> I feel protective. Like, I don't know if she's well, so, You know, yeah. yeah. There's, uh, as, you know, listeners know. Yeah. Yeah. Podcat is no longer with us. Yeah. And it's it's been tough because, you know, she was always around yeah. here. And when we're recording, she was letting us know that she, she was thought. here. Yeah. And I will say that... I have been hearing her a lot, which I know is one thing about grief, like especially yeah. when you're used to having a pet around. But I also think maybe she's a ghost. And yep, I really, 100%, I really like that idea mm-hmm. that she is full on haunting this house. Yeah. And that maybe even though she's no longer physically around, she's still going to try and murder you somehow. Yeah, no, I think yeah, it's yeah. probably high, yeah. more likely now because I think she doesn't have to deal with physics. Right. She doesn't so, have to deal with my physics. My chances went You're significantly not see her. down. Yeah. 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 It got oh, worse for me. So this podcast may end in, you know, uh, yeah. you getting murdered yeah. by uh, the ghost yeah. of podcast. Yeah. It might yeah. be your own Netflix documentary. <laughs> A long, drawn out thing. And when she does, like, push you down the stairs with her little paws, you know, her ghost paws, uh-huh. she's going to say, don't fuck with cats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's gonna what be she's going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> It's something. I'm just going to tell you, it is something. Okay, Mm -hmm. man. That's uh, Mm a... I'm glad that you, you know, because the the main message that you had told me last week was, yeah, don't watch this. So I'm glad that you were a little more clear on what what Mm -hmm. is involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But I I did want to be clear with viewers, too. Like, if you don't handle that at all well, then maybe just read, like, a synopsis online. There you go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch the images. Just get the gist. Yeah. Or reach out to me, and I'll tell you what happened. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. I don't want you to hurt your tender eyeballs. <laughs> so you talked about a cult classic in the making. Yes. Because it's new. It's new, but I think it's going to be a cult classic. You know, we did talk about how we are not great on trends when we were younger. Maybe now, though, 
You're calling it. No, probably what's going to happen now is it's going to come out that the whole thing was fake or something. <laughs> I'm going to be totally, you know what I mean? Like, that's my yes, luck. Yes, we're going to have to come back and just yeah. kill this whole be episode. Be like, hey, guess yeah. what? That nope. was, I was nope. off base. Yep. It turns out that the lady that did the documentary yeah. was actually the killer. So <laughs> I'm terrible at this and I will never speak about it again. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking a gamble. I, I'm sorry. Right now it. I'm on this side of the law. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see which way it cuts. <laughs> well. I think that's what we got. Yes. You know what we're going to do now? Yeah. Read one of our reviews. Yeah, we are. It's a new thing we're doing. Yeah. At the end of the episode, we're trying to talk about emails that we're getting, reviews that we're getting, mm-hmm. and just highlight some awesome listeners. We yes. also mentioned this was listener suggested. So thank you, Kylie. This was wonderful. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, and here, which one do we want to pick, Aaron? Maybe this one? Yeah. Read that one. Okay. This comes from Tickle Talk, <laughs> which I... I really want to know more about that name. I do too. I, I don't know if this is. Uh, if you know, you're listening, Tickle Talk. Yeah, by the way, I, wanna, I just want you to know you've been a topic of conversation. You, been, you have because this review was submitted a while ago, uh-huh. and we have often looked at this and wondered: Is this a human being? What is this? What that, is this? Uh, yeah. Well, Tickle Talk, whatever she or he or it is, says. What is it? <laughs> I have to bring my microphone yeah, over here. Bring all, oh, oh, moving microphone. I'm moving the microphone. Mm-hmm. This podcast cracks me up. You can tell you're listening to two authentic people that have a genuine love for books and treat each other like siblings. I think that's fair. <laughs> totally fair. Yeah. I appreciate the balance between fun and depth as they explore all sorts of interesting book-related topics. I've already taken some of their recommendations and I've been pleasantly rewarded. I'm hooked. <sighs> Tickle talk. God, that's amazing. It's so amazing. I mean, beyond your name. That's just yeah. a wonderful you review. You had Tickle talk. Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. And you, I feel like she, or he or she really nailed the like essence of us. I think so too. That's why I chose yeah. that one. Cause you know, it, it's spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have a sister. You feel like a sister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that if you would like to be the person that we read oh, your review, you yeah. got to submit it. You got to do it. Send it in. Whether it's via email, yep. whether it's on uh, Apple podcasts, like this one was, yeah. whether it's on Podchaser, whether it's via our social medias. Yes. Reach out to us. Wherever you can find it. Yeah. Do that. In the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) 
because now this is this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.